You are now listening to the Blue Collar Unplugged Podcast. Sexton gets it. Three seconds. Two. Sexton at one. For the win. It's good. It's good. It's good. Presented by Crimson Crossover. Your home for all things Alabama basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Blake Byler. That's two out of 26 in his last four games at home. Matthew Gibson. You had Alabama fans selling their on-court seats to Auburn fans for the biggest game in God knows how long. And Jacob Pickle. And what is next to Butler Field? Arby's. Arby's. So Arby's. either A, Alabama basketball is forever it, it, eminent. Built on Arby's. It literally built on Arby's, the program. Or it's the first thing you see when you walk in. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, we are back for Blue Collar Unplugged. Uh, we're here season two, episode two. Uh, I'm your host, Blake Byler, and I'm joined as always by Matthew Gibson and Jacob Pickle. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Can't Excellent. Play. And we are joined uh, with a special guest today. We are joined by uh, BamaCentral.com assistant editor, Joey Blackwell. Uh, Joey, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well, Blake. Finally, uh, well rested after that long trip with you to Arkansas. So I'm yes, uh, feeling better. It took a couple of days, but we're 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 back, baby. We're back. <laughs> For those that don't know, Joey and I took a wonderful trip to Arkansas to cover the Alabama Arkansas game, and it was it was a good time. The the trip was long. It was enjoyable though. Yeah. Northwest Arkansas is actually really pretty. But the, our subject today, obviously, we're talking some Alabama basketball, but today we're going to do a bit of a, an in-depth kind of roster breakdown. And so last season, we saw um, much of last season's roster move on to do different things in their basketball careers. You had uh, J.D. Davison go pro, uh, now playing for the Celtics. Keon Ellis went pro. He's now on a two-way with the Kings. Uh, Jaden Shackelford, I think, is playing on a two-way with the Thunder, right? Yep, he, he is. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had uh, Juwan Gary transferred to Nebraska. You had a bunch of other guys uh, transfer. And so uh, you brought in a lot of freshmen, a lot of transfers. Uh, so just to start out, we'll go to Joey first. Who are you most excited to see of these new additions to the Alabama basketball roster? I mean, let's be honest here. It starts and ends with Brandon Miller, like right off mm-hmm. the bat. I mean, you'd be crazy not to say that. I mean – the guy tore it up in Europe. I mean, none of us ever really got official, official stats, but we had a good enough, you know, we had enough people over there to kind of relay the information from Europe and Brandon Miller tore things up. I mean, he obviously had a really solid trip. And, you know, if you talk to anybody um, on this team, they're, he's one of the first people, uh, persons they bring up. I mean, I think Darius Miles put it well, but it's saying he's different. Um, and, you <laughs> know, I, I, I really, yeah, you know, I really like his addition to the team. Um, I think he's not only is he a great shooter, but he's also incredibly athletic. You know, I could see him filling in that three pretty well, but he could really play a lot. He could probably play one, two or three, <laughs> but you know, with his athleticism, I think you place him in that three spot. And I, I foresee a lot of, a lot of big things from him this year. Brandon Miller was a guy that obviously we're all super excited to see commit to Alabama because of what he can bring offensively uh, from a just super versatile standpoint. He can finish around the rim. There's that one clip that went around of him jumping over that player um, in a high school game. But then there's also a lot that Brandon Miller can bring defensively to this team. So, Matthew, kind of talk a little bit about 
that and what Brandon Miller can do on the defensive end for this team. Yeah, I mean, he's super long, super athletic. Um, I believe he has a seven-foot-plus wingspan. Um, you know, we've looked at all the practices, the open scrimmages and things that, you know, I've been able to go to, and every single time he's out there, it's it, nobody's getting past him. Um, and even down low, when he has to be on the block, he can, you know, get down there and block some shots. It's it's really impressive to see what he can do. Um, you know, somehow coming in as a five-star, like a highly touted five-star, he's kind of surpassed expectations already. It's really, it's crazy to say that he's already surpassed expectations because of like five stars in today's like culture around college basketball and how much they can really impact a team. And to think about what he can do, like I think about whenever I think about five star impact, I think about like Colin Sexton and how much he did for that team and how he almost was that entire team. And like that's the true impact that like really good five stars can have. And to think that Brandon Miller could even, come close to that sort of impact is really um, exciting for Alabama basketball fans to see uh, the current roster with Brandon Miller added to that. So um, Joey, what's another player that really excites you coming in? Maybe uh, just aside from Miller, because obviously he's number one on everyone's list. Well, I don't want to count him as a, as a newcomer, but I'm excited to see what Namari Burnett can do. You know, obviously he was out last year. Just wanted to give him a quick shout out, you know, obviously, you know, had a really tough first year due to his injury, but you know, from what we've heard, you know, from Europe, he's also been doing a really great job and also has taken up a leadership role uh, on this team, um, despite having, you know, not played a, a single minute on the hardwood yet. But, you know, as far as, you know, newcomers, you know, I really like Mark Sears, you know, I think he'd be really solid at, at potentially a playing point. Um, I have him, you know, projected possibly as a starting point, but that's, there's a lot of positions on this team where it's kind of an embarrassment of riches. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of players where you can project your starting five, but then it's like, well, wait, you left out this guy or you left out this guy, but that's a good thing to have. And it really is the first year under oats that we've kind of seen that come about. This roster is deeper than it's ever been, but you know, back back to Sears, you know, he's uh, obviously transferred from Ohio, you know, he averaged 19.7 points a game, you know, he shot over 44% from the floor. He's also an excellent ball handler, which is why I had kind of have him at point doesn't turn the ball over much, which is a problem the album had last year under under the guy you mentioned, J.D. Davison, you know, nothing against him at all, but he was still young and still had a lot to work on and, you know, frantically turned the ball over more times than Alabama fans would like to admit. But as far as another newcomer I'm excited about, I could list, you know, five more. But um, right now I'm, I'm really excited to see what Mark Sears can do. We were talking before the recording and Jacob had some really interesting stats in uh, referring to Mark Sears. So Jacob, go ahead and share yeah. some of what your findings were. For sure. Uh, so some of the Ken Palm data on Mark Sears is great. Uh, nationally, Ohio used him in 89.3% of all of their minutes possible. So a workhorse, that's 38 nationally, uh, <laughs> which is pretty, pretty wild. I'm just really, really great across the board. So it's like the ability to work with fouls. Um, he only committed two fouls a game on, he drew six a game. So count that just a great benefit shooting 88% from the line too. So a lot of people to contribute there. Uh, I mean, he really just is going to be a scorer and I'm excited to see like compared to Ohio, obviously we won't use him as much because of our depth around the board. So that'll free him up to kind of be even more of a scorer because he doesn't have that burden of like being the guy because we've got so many guys that are capable of doing that. But I'm excited to see what he can do in that role. I think that he's going to benefit a lot from what 
Javon Quinterly benefited from, and we'll even talk about him later, obviously, because he's returning, but what Quinterly benefited from in 2021 when he was surrounded by Herb Jones, John Petty, Josh Primo, Jaden Shackelford, a lot of guys that can also score and that can also get shots up. He wasn't the sole focus of the defense, um, the opposing defenses, that is. And so with Sears, obviously last year, he was every time people played Ohio, their scouting report was stop Mark Sears. But with him this year, he's like Jacob said, very freed up because you're going to have to also stop Brandon Miller. You're going to have to also stop Namari Burnett. You're going to have to also stop other guys that can score on this team. And so that makes Mark, he doesn't have to be necessarily the one and he can be a very good contributor offensively that can score a lot while not having to be the focus of the team. So then moving on from that, yeah, I like that Joey brought up Namari Burnett because he's a guy I'm really excited about. Um, but Matthew, talk a little bit about uh, Namari Burnett's journey from Texas Tech and what you think he can bring. Uh, as, as I guess he's kind of a newcomer, but not really. He'll be a newcomer to the court, but he had the ACL tear. But talk a little bit about him. Yeah, obviously, Namari um, was very heavily pursued by Alabama out of high school from Chicago. Um, we ended up going to Texas Tech. Uh, just wasn't a great fit for him. The offensive scheme there just was not catered to Namari's game. Transferred to Alabama, tore his ACL. He's coming back now. He's beginning to get really healthy. Um, for me, the thing that stands out most, besides Namari being able to being a great shooter, because he's a great shooter, defensively, he's got a 6'10 wingspan. And again, you you watch him and he stands out. It he gets in the passing lanes. Um, as far as an on-ball defender, he's very impressive. It's very hard for guards that are, you know, maybe undersized or smaller than him to get around him because it's his arms are just so long and he's athletic. So for me, watching Amari defensively, he's just a he's um another aspect to that Alabama defense that's going to be huge for them this year. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about now some of the major players that are coming in, like newcomers, Miller, Sears, Burnett. I want to go back to Joey here and talk about some of, I guess you could call them like superlatives, like what you're going to, who you think are going to be uh, like leading Alabama in some of these categories. So starting off, let's go, who do you think is going to be Alabama's offensive player of the year, so to speak, if you had to pick in the preseason? Uh, if I had to pick in the preseason and potentially, you know, sound like an idiot you know six months from now um, <laughs> I'd probably <laughs> I'd probably have to go with with um with Brandon Miller I think the guy is not only can he not only can he <laughs> rush up the middle and pretty much dunk on anybody as you as you talked about earlier jumping over guys but he's also he's great at you know, beyond the arc you know he's he's really just I, I I can see him a lot at I can see him he's also an excellent rebounder so I can see him, you know, maybe mm. missing a shot coming in and then turning that missed into a dunk. He's just that type of player. Um, he can also hit it from the top of the key, like just most consistent, just he's one of the most consistent shooters that Oates has been able to recruit at Alabama so far. And with that, if we're talking about newcomers, I'd really like to go ahead and hand them out, hand that to him. But I think Namari Burnett also has a shot. You know, obviously the guy's a shooting guard, um, plays the three. So no doubt he'll be getting the ball a lot and he'll be shooting from outside a lot or outside the perimeter, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to early call Brandon Miller, but we'll just have to wait and see how these first, uh, this non-conference play pans out. After what we saw in Europe, I think it was a pretty safe bet yeah. is to go, is to go with Miller. He was the only player that averaged 20 points in every, or the average 20 points throughout the 
throughout the tournament or the event in Europe, he would he scored what was it twenty eight against China, or was it twenty eight so. against Lithuania? I, I forget. Think was, I think it was Lithuania. I think. I think. And then he, I know he had twenty against China. He had twenty two or or something yeah. in there. Um, I, I really like that pick for offensive player of the year. That would be my pick as well because I also really see him. Um, he has good ball handling skills um, for a six foot eight, six foot nine forward. And I can really see him playing that point forward role that we saw Herb Jones play, not saying he's going to be Herb Jones because obviously that's a really high bar to live up to uh, defensively. But from an offensive standpoint, you saw Herb Jones bring the ball up a lot and initiate a lot of the offense for Alabama in that 2021 team that we referenced earlier. And so I could see, uh, Miller creating a lot of mismatches, being a really tall six foot nine point forward that brings the ball up, initiates the offense, and creates a lot of mismatches for defenses in that way. Um, but shifting to defense, who who would you pick as the defensive player of the year in the preseason, Joey? Uh, this is a little bit more tricky because you have a lot of guys that I think they put a huge emphasis on defense this year. Turnovers and defense were two of Alabama's biggest struggles last year, and in defense, particularly rebounding. Um, that was a big issue with them as well. Um, I really want to lean towards Charles Bediaka. I really like what I've seen from him. Um, last year, you know, we saw potential in him, in, 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 in angry Chuck, uh, you know, we saw that potential, but that's just it though. When he was angry, Chuck, he was really good, but when he, but unless he had that spark, he was really, I don't want to call him lackluster at all. Cause he wasn't, but he was definitely not playing to his full potential. I think now that he has a full year under, um, with oats under his belt, I think we're going to see him thrive. Um, he's also taken on a leadership role, this team, he's gotten guys behind him now. Um, I also, you know, honorable mention goes to Darius Miles as well. I think we'll see a really solid year from him. Um, effort's been a problem with him over his first couple of years. Um, but I really think that he's finally completely bought into this program and bought into Oates um, and what he's building there, what he's built there. I really like the effort that we we saw from him on the stat sheet from those European games. And obviously, mm-hmm. this is a guy that Oates is really touting and you know um in the preseason so that's got to count for something so i'm going to give the edge to betty Aco, but i also really like what i've seen from darius miles i i like what you said about betty Aco, and i also like how you brought up a potential leadership uh leadership role that he could be taking on he's one of the representatives for alabama for sec media days and so it was him and noah Gurley who is a fifth year senior so it makes sense that Gurley's going but for Betty Ako to be one of the guys that's going and representing the team at media days I think that speaks a lot to where he stands in terms of his uh, leadership capabilities and his role on the team so I definitely like those picks I know the three of us have a guy that we really uh, really like defensively he's a freshman named Noah Clowney and uh, <laughs> we we are very excited about Noah Clowney uh, so one of y'all talk about what Noah Clowney could potentially bring to Alabama defensively. Uh, I, I see Noah Clowney as a very strong workhorse guy that can just kind of be a little bit of everything. Uh, I think his ability to defend well and be that solid four that's just strong and big, gets out, uh, gets rebounds, uh, but also can shoot like pretty well. So I think that's uh, something that four that can kind of transform Oates' offense is having the ability to like have everybody – capable of shooting and like whenever we have Chuck on the floor obviously you're not looking to get uh threes out of him but if you can have somebody at the floor like uh Noah Clowney who 
possesses that ability and can score and really just kind of dominate that and help move that and space out the offense, uh, I think it'll be great. I know we have kind of differing lineups, and we'll get to that later on in the show, but like whenever you think about if Clowney doesn't start, the ability to bring in him instead of such as a James Rojas from last year, like that difference is incalculable for the good. So I, I really think he can kind of help transform and take this Alabama team to the next level along a, like a star-studded cast as well. Matthew? Yeah, I mean, with Clowney, um, again, he's come in and really surpassed expectations a lot like Miller for what we expected from him coming in. Um, you know, defensively, he's been really active and kind of mentioned it. He's, he's a dog. He plays with a dog mentality. Um, I believe against Lithuania, he had six steals and two blocks. I could be wrong. That but sounds right. I think he, he also had, six had, a, he had a double-double in the last he two did. games, I think. Yeah. Or yeah. He had one against China for sure. I know he had one against China. Then, I know yeah. Had. And then offensively, um, we saw it at the open scrimmage in August. I think he had 25 points, and he really impressed yeah, the offense. it was something you, crazy. Watching him like that. put the ball on the court, like on the deck, and being able to like kind of you know put it on the floor and get by people was really impressive. He hit a bunch of threes, too. Um, so I think getting him um, coming in as kind of not necessarily unexpected, but he's been better than I think a lot of people anticipated. And Nate Oates has said that himself. So then moving on from defensive player of the year, however, we were talking about it with uh, Joey. One other question there. It's a shorter list, but go with your most improved returning player. Um, I assume Namari Burnett is uh, not in that conversation. I'm gonna I'm gonna call we're gonna we're gonna call Namari Burnett a, uh, a newcomer for for this okay. question. Okay, so most improved returner, um, it's probably the guy that I just talked about. It's Darius Miles. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that last year he contributed a good bit, but you know, obviously, I, I think in the lineup he was overshadowed for multiple reasons. One of those reasons being what I mentioned earlier, his effort. I don't think he was fully bought into the blue collar nature of this program. And obviously in Europe, we saw him rack up a lot of blue collar points. Um, I, I think that, like I said, I think he's matured a lot um, this off season. I think he's grown a lot as we've seen evidenced by him being placed in leadership positions. Like when we, when we were at a, an open 15 minute portion of practice just a several weeks ago, um, when we were there, there was nobody more vocal than Darius miles out on there on the court. Like he was leading everybody. Everybody was behind him. Um, when players would do well, he was, you know, he was clapping them on the back and yelling when players weren't doing well, he was there like trying to instruct them. And I think that we're going to see a really solid Darius miles, you know, hit the hardwood this year. I really like what I've seen so far, you know, will he break any records? No, he's not going to, he's not that type of guy, (laughs) but will he, you know, outperform expectations? I think that's, there's a very big possibility for that. And I think that role is really important too when it comes to having a vocal guy because it was pretty well documented that Alabama didn't have that guy last year yeah. because you had Miles was only a sophomore and then you you expected guys like Javon Quinterly and Jaden Shackelford to potentially be those vocal guys, but they're not exactly vocal players. That's just not really how they play the game. And so that I think hurt Alabama a lot. Same with Keon Ellis, who wasn't as vocal as many uh, possibly, and maybe even the coaching staff expected. And so when you have a guy who's um, a rising junior and he is one of the few guys who are returning in the program and you have 
like what is it seven or eight newcomers coming in it's really good to have a consistent voice from a guy who's been in the program for three years and I think that's going to go a long way for Alabama along with his play on the court because he's a really versatile player who uh, he can shoot a little bit offensively he's going to be a force defensively with his athleticism and so that's going to be really important I think for our final question for Joey and he's going to hate that I ask him this um, I want to hear a starting five prediction. And I know you mentioned earlier that you, you, your projection, you were projecting Mark Sears. So I know you don't like predicting, but I'm going to ask you anyway. So give me, give me your starting five. If you, Joey Blackwell, are, are coaching the Alabama Crimson Tide and you're playing tomorrow, who are you putting so on the court? You're asking me to just completely undermine all credibility I've just built up in these past <laughs> 15 minutes. Uh, gosh, well, the problem is that the problem is you have Brandon Miller, and Brandon Miller can play at probably at four of the five positions <laughs> on the court. Um, you know, obviously, like I like I said at the beginning, I really like Brandon Miller at the three, so I'm just going to start at the three. I'm going to put Brandon okay. Miller there. Um, moving on to the power forward, I think it's a toss up. You know, at the four between mm-hmm. Gurley and Clowney, but the two Noahs. Um, Going off of last year, I would pick Gurley, especially since he's such a leader. Um, so maybe start him, but then rot- kind of rotate him and Clowney at the four all day. Um, at center, um, at five, second post, I have uh, Angry Chuck starting there. But you could also, a guy we haven't talked about, you could put Nick Nick Pringle there too. Um, but I kind of go with Angry Chuck, you know, just because of his experience with the program. Um, and let's just kind of go from the five all the way back to number one. Um, I really like Mark Sears at the one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Javon Quinterly can be put there after he gets back. Um, but that depends on how how Sears plays, um, um, you know, in this first half of the season. And then the two, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Namari Burnett. Uh, Ryland Griffin, an honorable mention there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like what I saw from him in Europe. But, you know, Namari Burnett's a guy that's he's he's he is hungry. <laughs> he is very yes. hungry to get out there on the hardwood. So between that, I guess I'll just go back and recap. One, I have Mark Sears, two, Namari Burnett, three, Brandon Miller, four, Noah Gurley, and five, Angry Chuck. But honestly, I'm probably going to be completely wrong, and that's probably going to be a good thing because it shows just how deep this Alabama basketball lineup is this year. That That's a good lineup. I like that a lot. So uh, thank you, Joey, for coming on and, and chatting with us a little bit. Joey, how can our listeners find you and your work? Absolutely. Well, everybody can follow me on Twitter at Blackwell Sports. I'm the assistant editor of BamaCentral.com, which is where you can find all of my work and all my co-writers work. You'll find Blake's work on there as well. We have him covering a good bit of basketball this year and a couple of football games. So um, thank you guys for having me. You can also find us on, my boss would hate me if I didn't say, you can also find us on social media on all platforms at Bama Central. So we're there as well. But thank you guys so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun and we'll we'll have to do it again sometime for sure. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Joey. For sure. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll talk to you in a bit. So that that was really good stuff from Joey right there. But another guy that we didn't even bring up that I kind of wanted to talk about is Dom Welch. And so we didn't bring him up because we were talking. We I'm assuming a lot of people don't really anticipate Welch to be a starter on the team. But he's he's a really big and important depth piece. And he he's what, 6'5"? 6'5", 205. 65205. He tra- he's transferring in from St. Bonaventure, uh, 12 points a game. Uh, I think he, what did he shoot last year? Like 38% from three? Uh, let's see. Something like I've that. Seen okay, excellent. Um, yeah, 37.4% from three. Yeah. So, and right so that that's a shooter who's going to be really important whenever you have 
um, an Alabama team that shot, I think it was top 10 in uh, three-point attempts, but but outside of the top 303-point percentage. And so I – I think we brought that up last episode, we did. Um, but we were trying to avoid going full into the roster breakdown. But a guy like Welch is going to be so important. And a guy like Ryland Griffin, like Joey just brought up, is going to be really important to being guys that can go in and make threes, which makes this Alabama offense click. I think that's super important. Um, so you want to have guys that can come in. And I think Welch is a guy that he comes in and he plays 15-ish minutes a game plays hard defense, makes two threes, and then he's and then he's done. Yeah. And if he can do that, that's incredible depth that he adds, having a guy that can fill and play that role to perfection. Um, so what what who haven't we talked about yet? As far as newcomers, I mean, I think we touched on it. We haven't really oh, got Nick, Nick Pringle. Pringle. Yeah. Um, we didn't get to Jaden Bradley. Well, we also that's also true. Sure. That's a big yeah. one. I didn't or even Riley think about that. We didn't really talk about Riley Griffin. We we um, there, there's so many oh my goodness there's so many people yeah. uh there's so many good players on this team Jaden bradley let's talk about him go crazy matthew yeah man he is a throwback point guard for sure we could, sort of talked about it last episode but he loves to run your offense um he's built like a like a brick house i mean he's he's tough um, yeah he's a good defender um uh, he's not the most athletic guy but he gets it done um you know he, he's good at driving to the basket finishing so i mean he's Look, I think it was the number 27 player in the country, number five point guard coming in, um, 6'3", 185, and McDonald's All-American. He's going to be a big factor for Alabama this year. And he looks very, like, like bigger almost as a guard. He's not, like, tall, no. but he just looks, like, bigger and he's thicker, strong. like, he's stronger. Strong. He, yeah. um, he can make strong moves and finish at the basket, which is really important. Um, so he's going to it's it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic between him and Sears. I think they're going to be great together uh, at the start of the season. But when Javon Quinterly comes back, I'm really interested to see what happens with the two of them and the rotation. I feel like it'll kind of be a by who's playing better type thing. Yeah, I was going to ask you, where do you think Quinterly coming off of that ACL injury versus Notre Dame? Where do you think he fits into that Alabama rotation? OK, I, I have thoughts about this. Um, I think I want the the most perfect scenario, I think, would be him filling kind of the role he had in 2021, where he's he plays a six man. He might not even be the six man on this year's team, but I don't, I don't think he starts because I think you'll be kind of already locked in with Sears as the starter and it's fully healthy and we'll know the system and we'll have the chemistry with the other starters. But I think he's going to be able to play very free, kind of like we mentioned with Sears earlier. Yeah. Like, um, I even used Quinterly as, a, as an example when we were talking about that, how he had less pressure on him because there were so many other guys around him that can score. And I think you're going to have that again this year. And so I think he plays the sixth, seventh man role on the team where he's a spark plug. He comes off the bench. He plays minutes as needed he I think he he obviously could play 20 minutes 25 minutes and oh, I sure. no, needed absolutely. to because that that's the kind of guy he is he did yeah. it last year and he was great um but you I think the pressure may have gotten to him a little bit last year of having to be the one or I get was he the one last year kind of it, it depended on how JD was playing and I think like with the balance of JQ like I think you look back and you see the stretches where Javon played the best and it's where JD was also playing well. 
because there's that, less pressure on him being the focus of the offense. Right. And like you could argue Jaden Shackelford was the focus of the offense, but he was also just like big high volume shooter. Right. It didn't really flow through him. Right. And so JQ had to shoulder a lot of that burden throughout the season of just being that guy. And so there's going to be a lot of pressure taken off of him 100%. with the the people coming in and the amount of talent that's on the team. So he's going to be able to play really free and almost almost carefree, but not carefree as in like loose and turning the ball over, but carefree as in like not having to stress not about pressure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like I I mean, I think he that's well documented. Was it's like kind of mental battle with that pressure last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the times wherever he was freed up the most um, where again, like it was very reflective. Like he was very transparent about um, how he was doing throughout the season with that. He played well, whatever. He just let himself relax and take shots. Uh, And I think like a lot of that, like he took 60 or 58 more threes last year than he did in 2021 with like kind of similar usage, uh, a little bit like definitely more usage last year as opposed to two years ago. Uh, But a lot more threes, so that's a lot of more pressure to score. Uh, and we just know like there's a more focuses and more ability to score beyond JQ. Like whenever you have a not as a uh, bad shooting team like last year, like by, by Alabama standards and by percentage standards, uh, a not great shooting team, uh, there's more pressure on you to do that. But as we look across the roster, we see a lot of shooters and a lot of guys that will attract uh, the eyes of defenses and have to focus on them because whenever you slide – Brandon Miller down in the three and four and move it around. Uh, you have to worry about him. You've got to worry about Namari, who else is on the floor. Like there's there's a lot of like actually potent weapons, not potent weapons that we've talked ourselves into being potent weapons. Right. And I I am have full confidence that he's going to shoot a better percentage than three. Because he shot what last year? 20, 28. 28. That is that's bad. 15%. That's not great. 43% in 2021 is just like not human no. like that's not normal no. but i'm saying like i think this year he'll be between 35 and 38 percent which is somewhere in there yeah. Is, that, yeah. is that fair to say yeah, I, mean, I think he'll be like above 33 and a lot of that also comes from him getting more open looks because whenever you have to worry about brandon miller on one side and you have to worry about namari burnett on another side and then you have to worry about Mark Sears knocking down a corner three. It leaves Javon Quinterly pretty open. The spacing is going to be insane. Great. I mean, you you put the bench in and you have to worry about Dom Welch hitting an open three because he's a shooter. You got to worry about Rylan Griffin hitting a three because he's a shooter. And then you put in Noah Clowney. He can stretch the floor. He can shoot a little bit. He can put it on the deck. So you've got, you've got so many options offensively. It's going to really help. Like even when Alabama wants to go, maybe play like Powerball, they could dump it down to Bidiaco or Clowney, yes. Pringle, whoever they want to do, and um, have that work that way. Mm-hmm. You know. And we haven't talked some about Gurley either. I'm really yeah. excited that Gurley's back. And we we had a whole that was a whole segment of an episode last season when uh, Gurley was announced that he was coming back because of his uh, senior leadership, his ability to. I, I think he's a pretty good defender. He's a little undersized. But we, I think Alabama played him at like the small ball five mostly. I honestly think that'll be his role this year. Um, that's a little hint towards my starting lineup prediction that we'll do here in a minute. But I, I think he'll probably come off the bench and can spell uh, Betty Ako. Yeah. Um, but I also think there's obviously the potential of him starting because of his experience. Um, but what do y'all think of Gurley? I mean, I, I'm excited to see 
him come back. I at the scrimmage against Louisiana last year, like I tweeted out, I said Noah really is that guy. Uh, and I think we saw spells of that last year, and we saw spells where he kind of he needed to get his there. feet under him playing power five ball because yeah. he's used to playing at Furman. Yeah, so Furman basketball is a very different thing than playing at Alabama, especially whenever from the get go you're playing very tough teams throughout the entire season. You don't really get a break. Uh, but I, I really think he can contribute well. Uh, and he's kind of another guy. Like, I know this is a recurring theme, but like a little bit like more relaxed knows that there's uh, like other opportunities to score and defend well. I think he's a very solid defender. Uh, he's a hustle guy. He uses that like kind of turn around static jumper at the rim a good bit. Uh, so the thing well. that he hit back-to-back shots yeah. on to, to beat Arkansas. Yes, that's the, the little saying, the, the post killer. turnaround fade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went to it. They started feeding him in post a good bit toward the end of the Which year. What I, I think we should see this year with his role. Because he like he's one of the only guys that has a true back-to-the-basket post-up game. And yeah. if like I remember it in the SEC tournament. I remember it in – uh, against Notre Dame a couple times, against Kentucky on the road. Alabama needed a bucket, and they just went down low to, yeah. to Gurley, and they, you just go to work. And that's that's a little different from Alabama, which you which you, we've grown accustomed to seeing under under Oates. Right. Um, but we have uh, – I think we need to get close to wrapping it up, but let's just go around and give starting lineup predictions like Joey did. Yeah, my mine was actually the same as Joey. I had Mark Sears, Burnett, Miller, Gurley, and Bidiaco. Um, for me, just the overall versatility of Alabama's lineup that they have in this rotation is just unreal. Mm-hmm. Look at guys like Brandon Miller um, or even Noah Clowney. You can play, you know, three through five or um, with maybe Burnett. You can play one through three. It's, it's really ridiculous. And just the length, the versatility, just generally speaking, this is a very lengthy and depth-filled lineup for Alabama. Yeah, uh, so I have something pretty similar, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Sears at the one, Burnett at the two, and then Miller and Miles at like I would, I'm gonna call it the three and a half, the, the three like, four, yeah. like just whichever, whichever one. one, yeah. Because I mean, we don't really like with the way that position we play position. Alabama yeah. plays very positionless basketball, and right. so whoever's the true three or true four, they're gonna guard who is the better matchup for them, and they're gonna be the wings, is basically right. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're they're gonna be in play the kind of the three and a half, the three to four hybrid, uh, and then I've got Chuck at five. So that's. I just don't think you can keep Miles off the starting four. I think he'll earn a spot. I I agree with that. I think my I'm going Sears Burnett. Uh, I'm also going to go Miles Miller, and then I'm going to go Charles at the five to start the year. I think there will be games that Noah Clowney starts at the five based on matchup. I think there will be games that Noah Gurley starts in place of Miles based on matchups. I think you can go small ball quote-unquote with uh clowny as a small ball five even though he's like a true six nine six ten yeah. he's not like small by any means but he can stretch the floor and uh help alabama in that nature and then i think when alabama wants to be more physical they can put Gurley in at the four and then you could slide miller up to the three you could even start you could slide miller to the two yeah, you could and you and play miles. You put him anywhere. You can put him anywhere. He's, he can play. He can play anywhere on the court. Lineup, he could play the five. You could no, you exactly. Could, you could have a death line. Alabama likes to run really guard heavy sometimes. So what if you could have something like Quinterly, Sears, Miller, Burnett, Clowney? Yeah, 
That's just, it's absurd. Like, just think about what you could do with that lineup. I think we might see that in like one of those first intro games against kind of small sided mid majors. So like Longwood or Saint, uh, South Dakota State, we might mess around and just or when like when Quinterly's back in December, yeah, you get against Jackson State, you throw that lineup out yeah. there just to see what it can do. That's crazy. Yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see all the different combinations that Oates can do with this lineup. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Uh, you can find us all on Twitter at BCU Podcast, and you can find all of our personal Twitters and everything there. Uh, we're going to be trying to get more uh, content out on the Twitter, um, but be on the lookout for that. We will be back. Our next episode, I think, is going to be a schedule breakdown. Yes, right? sir. Is that, is that what we're shooting for? Yeah, um, so we will have that when we have it because we've learned to not set dates because sometimes they end up. <laughs> we're, we're an influent college student situation. Yes, so whatever, so sometimes those dates that we set don't happen. So we're not going to set one, but you'll get that episode when, when it comes to you. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for uh, today. Thank you all for listening.